The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love cons. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to part one of our episode on chapter 19 of Prisoner of Azkaban. This episode ended up being two and a half hours long, so we decided to split it up into two parts, mostly so that I can maybe get back onto our regular release schedule. I also want to note that we recorded this episode on September 6th, which is before JKR's latest round of evil. Last thing before we get into it, We talk again in this episode about the whole Harry not seeing Pettigrew on the map inconsistency, but a lot of you have emailed us since we recorded this about the theory that the Marauders made it so that only they could see each other on the map, which is a cool theory that definitely J.K. Rowling is not creative enough to have thought of, so it's both a great headcanon and also still a correction of the text. So with that, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyker Chardonnayre, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 19 of The Prisoner of Azkaban, The Servant of Lord Voldemort, in which Snape has a dramatic reveal that he has been here under the invisibility cloak, but has gotten everything wrong. He tries to take over the situation and is pretty quickly knocked out by three 13-year-olds. We find out more about how Sirius gotten out, what happened back in the day with the Secret Keeper, and finally, Scabbers, a.k.a. Peter Pettigrew, is revealed to us. After some truly ridiculous begging, tender-hearted Harry decides that Peter should not be murdered and should face justice. LOL. After chaining Peter up and levitating an unconscious Snape, it's time for all of us to leave the Shrieking Shack. And with us in our virtual studio, finally, we have Bayana and Robin, the co-founders of Black Girls Create, a hub for Black creators and critical fandom, and the co-hosts of the Hashtag Wizard Team podcast, where they go through the series chapter by chapter through the lens of their own experiences and lives as Black women. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having having us. Wow, that was like not even like practice. I am very impressed. Uh, it's the longer we like work together, the more we just become like Tia and Tamara from Sister. <laughs> <Tia. laughs> it's so true. Oh my god, why'd you have to put it that way? It's very because it's on Netflix now, and so yeah, it's, in my, it's like in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, mm. thank you for having us. We are very excited about this what she said i'm not gonna (laughs) she's like i don't want to say it at the same time (laughs) yeah uh we're not sure why it's been so long but it's worked out since you guys are finally finished talking about harry potter and we have brought you back (laughs) i mean the thing is is this is really good because we just finished talking crimes of grindelwald most recently and so this is way better (laughs) right and this is this chapter in particular is like really important to me and my like harry potter journey and fandom and stuff so it's like it's nice to be like oh yeah i did actually really mess with this world for a very long time yeah and hopefully with some distance and some perspective and an author shutting the fuck up i can get back to that enjoyment yeah. You know? I mean, there's I there's think... light at the end of the dark, dark tunnel. Yeah, I think that, like, our... our <laughs> and there's thing... no trolley lady on top oh, of it. Oh, no. Nope. No trolley lady. Abort. Um, I, yeah, no. I think that <laughs> at this point, we're kind of like, hopefully we'll get to sort of like these books again. Like, past just the general us growing up with it, but just, like, liking them as adults and 
talking about chapters that we actually like is a really good way to, to start, at least, yes. I think. Yeah. But also, if we don't get there, whatever. I mean, okay. yes, which is fine, but I mean, I, I mean, also like true. I, yeah. Yes, but I would also like to at least have, like, even just some nostalgia would be nice. True. Yeah. And I have, like, enough Harry Potter merch, too, that I just would like to... I mean, I have a, I have a goddamn ta- tattoos. Yeah, say, like, I would just like to look at... I mean, I don't really actually look at them and, like, I'm not like, oh, dang, why did I get this? But... Yeah. It's, like, so funny. And then we could actually talk about the chapter. But my first tattoo was the Deathly Hollows, and my mom was, like... And I got it when I was, like, 25, I think. It was, like, on my, like, 25th birthday around then. And she's like, well, what happens if you don't like those books anymore? I was like, one, I don't see that ever happening. And two, like, it was, I'll just look at it and be like, wow, that was a very important time in my life. And, like, since this, uh, since what I thought was unthinkable has happened, and I don't mess with this world right now, I have, like, looked at my ankle and been like, yeah, but no, yeah, that was, it's a very, like, important part of me. Yikes, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, we're going to talk about Sirius now? Let's talk about Sirius now. <laughs> no, 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 no. First, we need to know your Hogwarts houses. I am... I'll go first, because yeah, I only have to. one. So do I, but okay, go ahead. Um, I am a Ravenclaw. I am a Luna Lovegood Ravenclaw, which I think is important to know. Can you wait? say what that means to you, please? Oh, it I, means th- I think it doesn't mean that you're an anti-vaxxer, which is what a lot of Luna Lovegood Ravenclaw What? <laughs> Yikes. But, yeah. no, I could, I could see it, I'm though. not going to say, yeah, I could I see could that. I could see it, but yikes. No, it means that I appreciate intelligence. I appreciate learning, but more than importantly, I appreciate creativity. And I appreciate, I appreciate learning and seeing other people's outlooks on the world. I don't think that there is a one, I don't see the world in black and white often. And I don't see, I don't see the point of discounting other people's experiences and the way that they see the world and invalidating that because I don't see it that way. And I like yeah. to celebrate those things in people. Like, I love, I always tell people, like, lean into the weird. You know what I mean? Like, just, you got to lean into it. You got to, like, you know, go full force. You know what I mean? Accept it and vibe with the funky. And so that, to me, is a very Luna Lovegood way of being. Nice. Um, I also am a Ravenclaw. And, like, a secondary Hufflepuff. But I feel like as I'm getting older but i don't know when did i find out that i was a secondary I was it wasn't that long ago that's why i'm like that's weird um, <laughs> so i was like that doesn't sound like, right you but just did it. it was i mean at this point it was maybe like four years ago it was weird because I, I got it was one of those times where like i got the they got the wrong sorting on pottermore or whatever but like as I, and initially i was like no but then i read through it and i was like oh well some of these things do actually apply in a lot in some ways i do think that like generally in terms of houses i think more about like the things that you value and so for me those are all ravenclaw traits the Mm. way that i express them can sometimes be hufflepuff Mm. and so yeah but i generally will just say i'm a ravenclaw or sometimes a ravenpuff depending on how i'm feeling on the day (laughs) nice um and can you tell us about what your patronuses are and how they reflect your most deeply held identities the lowest key of questions that we like. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I was like, is it, is, is, is it okay if mine is wrong? My Patronus is Totoro. I don't know if anyone has seen the Studio Ghibli movie, uh, Good Neighbor Totoro. I've decided this, like, not too long ago. I have not been, like, I didn't grow up watching Studio Ghibli or whatever, but, like, it's, so it's been basically since I saw the movie. And my deeply held belief is that sometimes you're sad and you need to sleep. And sometimes you need to cuddle. And sometimes you need to just, like, let someone else hold your your burdens because you can't. And Totoro does all of that. He's like, yeah, come nap on my chest and we'll figure it out at another time. And I'm like, hells yeah, dude. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think that's awesome. And, like, what is the great and, like, cozy Patronus to have? Yeah, I mean, it's it's my favorite scene is when May is, like, finds Totoro in the forest sprite spirit area and he's napping and his mouth is all wide and he's snoring and she just climbs on top and goes to sleep too and i'm like hell yeah she feels safe she feels secure he's there love it <laughs> your patronus my patronus um mine is an owl um it's Tell funny it because like an owl okay <laughs> <laughs> it's part of its charm sorry go ahead it's funny because like my favorite like 
animal, like fantastical or otherwise, is a dragon. Love dragons. But I think mine is an owl. Again, I think it goes back to like also why I am a Ravenclaw and just like identifying with those traits and like being wise and um, also in my head, like I always think about Mr. Owl from uh, Winnie the Pooh and like mm-hmm. the books and all that. So it's like in my head, I just am like, it's an owl. So yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, very much is similar to just like why I, it's like the traits that I aspire to have, I guess. Nice. At the same yeah. time. Yeah. Also, owls are cool. Yes. Owls are so cool. And they just like portray competency to me, which I think is very much you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So we are going to get into the newspaper, starting off with today's headlines. Chapter turns out to be so full of things that Griffin Dandy and Chief cannot choose one to make the headline about. I wrote like 15 and then was like, none of these do the job that I want them to do. I'm just not writing a headline. I mean, you saw that my, you saw that my summary is like, we got so much information and exposition, you guys. We got, we got it. So many things. Yep. You want to know about it? We got it in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With that, we turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of the newspaper. Secret Keeper is ridiculous magic. It is ineffectual. There there has to be something that can do that better. Mm-hmm. It is not well thought out at all. And I was thinking that there should be some kind of like two-factor authentication magic <laughs> <laughs> that would do that job. And I don't know. I, I You know, like, okay, so they do this in um, Star Trek a lot when they turn on the self-destruct button they need the captain and the first officer to come together and they put in their codes and then to turn off the self-destruct they need the captain and the first officer to put in their codes to the computer and like i feel like if you had something in which two people had to come together and do a spell or like say the same spell or do two parts of one spell Mm -hmm. that would make more sense but secret keeper says i'm gonna give this one person this thing, and then they tell everyone, and if anything happens to this one person, then that's it. That's it. Everybody knows, or nobody knows, and the, the, the protection doesn't work. And I'm going to use this in a time of war <laughs> when anything could happen to anyone at any time. Like, why would you do it that way? Why would you do it that way? Why would, why? This is, this is, this is very true. Yeah. The, <laughs> sorry, I just keep thinking about how, like, you know, and it's like, prove you're not a robot. Click all of the, like, with what is a stoplight. I feel like it also needs that. Yes, like, click your yes, not a Death like Eater. <laughs> Pick out which of the people you would uh, want to save if your life is a... Especially it's like, in what? a world where there's polyjuice potion. Yeah. Like, there's just true. so many ways in which Secret Keeper doesn't make... And Alohomora. And Alohomora <laughs> doesn't make... It just doesn't make... It doesn't make sense. It's not well-thought-out magic. The thing that I was thinking about with that, too, is that Sirius is all like, oh, I made him switch to Peter because, you know, they would just, like, suspect me. But He calls Peter, he's like, because you're weak and a coward. It's like, well, then why would you make him Secret Keeper? Right. But the thing is that even if, so, like, if Pettigrew was passing information to Voldemort and then was like, here's the information, Sirius is Secret Keeper... Like, they killing the person who is the secret keeper makes everyone who knows the address the secret keeper. That's what happens with uh, Grimwald Place mm-hmm. later. And so, like, Voldemort could have just, like, killed everyone who was possibly the secret keeper until he got the right person. And then Pettigrew could have told him no matter what, whether or not he was made secret keeper. Right. Like, Voldemort has no qualms about just going through, like, murdering everyone until he has, until Pettigrew can give him the information. Like, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a bad spell. So, so actually, so I was actually thinking about this in this chapter, and I think, here's what I suspect that Sirius was thinking, is that he's like, everyone and their grandmother's going to be like, clearly Sirius Black is going to be the Potter secret keeper. So I'm going to say that it's me, even though it's not me, and lead the Death Eaters on a merry chase across the UK or whatever. This is this is foolproof. Of course it'll work. And it's like, if he had been the secret keeper and he was just like, I'm just going to like apparate every like 
12 hours to different location so they can't so they can't fucking find me like maybe it would have worked if he had been the secret keeper but i think it was just yeah. kind of like not a totally well thought out plan <laughs> for all of the reasons that we have discussed already yeah and they also don't utilize like international travel no oh, they anyway. never leave that podunk so island <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> France is right there. They could go to so many places. Go to France, get some croissants, live your life. You would be eating good. Right. He could no. have been yeah. secret keeper, gone to like South America and hung out in like Peru until this all blew over. I've been like, right. just right. chilling. I mean, I feel like the the he would want to stay because he's like fighting in this war. But right, the Potters have gone into hiding. They should have left. Mm. Like, go get on a plane. Change Wizards don't know about planes. Right, get right. on a plane. Go anywhere. That's another thing. And this isn't this chapter specific, <laughs> but it's just it's it's it's, it's Harry Potter specific. Lily is a Muggleborn. Uh huh. Why the heck are you hiding in Godric's Hollow, one of the few fully wizard towns? Go to London. Go to Cheapside. Go to Brixton. There's black people in Brixton. Voldemort's not going there. You cannot leave the UK. Go live life as a muggle in a in a place full of full of minorities and chill. Voldemort went to Albania. Nobody was checking for him. I just think that they're just like a a bajillion different ways to have done this. And I understand, like, there would be no story and no plot or whatever, but, like, every time I, every time they talk about secret keepers and protection magic, I'm just like, but why? Why did it, it didn't have to be this way? Truly. Yeah. Especially because Voldemort, like, if, if they had gone across, like, an ocean, Voldemort literally could not have gotten to them. Like, no one right. was letting Voldemort on an airplane, and you can't <laughs> Could you imagine? So, like... <laughs> He's automatically on a no-fly list. He doesn't have a nose. Wait, no, just imagine the, like, ridiculous fake passport that someone has, like, cr- like tried to create, and they're just like, what? What is this? <laughs> Like, what is, what's happening here? Did, did a child draw this? This is like an elaborate <laughs> pen and ink like sketch of Voldemort, and they're like, "This is an illegal passport." I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't, I can't let work. you. It does not work. Can't like leave the country. With Tom's oh like, gosh. I have to go out of the country to film an episode of Botched because obviously, as you can see. Oh no! I guess his face is not all messed up yet. <laughs> it is sort of like I remember. Like I think he just looks like he's on hard drugs. Yeah, what I can remember like from like he's got a meth uh, Half Blood Prince, like when he shows up at uh, for like his interview interview with Dumbledore, it was more just like he's still like he has a nose, you know. Right. But he, there's something is off. Not sure. But it's like the seventies. Yeah, I mean the kids that see him that's when he's going to kill them, it's Halloween, and they're like, "Your Halloween costume is terrifying." That's true. So, like yeah. something about him is very very unsettled yeah. he still has a nose i think at that point but he, it's not that he's like With he's not looking great impact, but nothing so, yeah exactly. the cartilage is there but that's but that doesn't really mean much yeah. Like... yeah i feel like looking at like photos of like rock stars who were like on a bunch of drugs in the 70s kind of like all right i kind of see where you probably could have fit in the muggle world <laughs> put his bit and be like are you, a, are you in a rock band like <laughs> i read this um one of my favorite fanfics called the survivor haha <laughs> and there's like a moment where amelia bones is remus runs into her in like soho and she's a lesbian in this story and remus is she's like, a lesbian in the book yeah obviously she wears a monocle she does we wear a monocle this in episode she does. one she wears she a does. and like smokes a cigar um, yeah <laughs> her canon and he's like what are you doing here? and she's like man if you're in soho like you could just you could wear whatever no one can't like i don't have to try to be a muggle i just come out who i am i'm wearing my robes doesn't matter look at me i fit right in and i'm like yes go to the castro in san francisco live your life you know yes. downtown manhattan no one is going to double like no one is checking for you they're just gonna be like oh saw something weird don't stare at it keep minding my business like right oh some people in cloaks whatever whatever right. oh is there a, is there a rave happening cool <laughs> a convention anything whatever hope it doesn't mess up traffic later you right. know that's like the only thing but yeah that's mm. it if this is our front page i can't wait to see what our editorials are <laughs> yeah. so much yelling so much yelling uh, 
Uh, Bayana, what do you have first in the front page? Um, I want to talk about how Crookshanks been new and is really the most competent character in this whole book. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if we made somehow there was a way to like get Crookshanks to like, so there, there should be a spell, right? That like you can a translate. Spell. Yeah, like a Doctor Doolittle spell. It would have been solved. Like chapter three. It's been like, oh, it's Sirius Black. He's good, by the way. Scabbers needs to go. I'm now <laughs> like imagining this is like a like a housewife thing. She crookshanks walks in. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. <laughs> Penitentiary behavior. Oh my god. <laughs> I just feel like we need to listen to Crookshanks more. That's that was mine. <laughs> I. So I agree and also had a note about Crookshanks in this chapter about when they all do the Expelliarmus spell on Snape, the wand flies and it's been flying into the hand of the person doing the spell, this whole little section of the book. Right. And it three people do it, the wand flies away. You'd think maybe it goes to the person who's like best at the spell. It goes to Crookshanks. <laughs> it lands on the bed next to Crookshanks who just lays there purring. And I was like... <laughs> It did. It went to the most competent person in the room. Exactly. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Man, if if they had taken Crookshanks on the on the Horcrux hunt, like so many things. Book seven, they would not have been wandering the woods for like three months. Crookshanks would have been like, I know where the where we're going. Also, destroy this thing. You know, we're like by a river. I caught some fish. We can eat. Like I, you know what I mean? Just all these things. Like sniffs it out. Oh snap! That's a Horcrux. We should figure that out. Oh my god! Yeah. Like wow. Game changer. I'm thinking about this for a minute. Um, you know what else you're going to be thinking about, which I just want to bring up. I am desperate to know what the communication all year between Sirius and Crookshanks was. Because Sirius is like, yeah, it took him a while to trust me. But then after I told him I was trying to get that rat, he's like, great, I'm on your team. I'm going to steal Neville's <laughs> passwords. I'm going to try to kill this rat for you. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> Have you ever seen like a dog and a cat who get along? Like yeah. when they hang out, it's a lot of making out. Is it? It's a lot of making out. Like there's just a lot of yeah. like, I'ma lick you, no, I'ma lick you. Let me clean that off your ear, no, let me get this off your nose. Let me like paw, like you know what I mean. It's a lot of like stroking, and that's probably like how they like communicate. communicate. You know, Sirius needs that so bad. Too. I know. Because just spends oh a like heart. month just like licking his forehead and like. Oh his my god, ears. getting all the maps. Crookshanks is like. I can't trust you, bro, because you're mad at us. So we need to do something about this first. And then you can tell me why you're and here. And then you can tell me why you're here, okay? Let's get you bathed, and then we'll talk. Oh, my God. Oh, the best is That made me so happy. Can someone, I don't know, listener with some talent in the drawing department, can y'all make that for me? <laughs> Crookshanks and Padfoot just loved up on each other we actually do i don't know if you know we have our very own on team comic artist. yeah i know <laughs> that's I, I don't i don't want to put that on y'all but also we make in podcast requests of theo all the time so <laughs> okay. you are absolutely invited to do that well since i've been given permission theo so what i really would like to see is <laughs> like a yin and yang but it's crookshanks and patfoot like a <laughs> Like a cuddle session. Lark, what is... Wait, Jesse, did you go? Yeah, I had the bit about uh, Crookshanks and Sirius hanging out. All right. Uh, mine also, this was something I like thought about putting in editorials, but I just... Can everyone please take care of their like invaluable magical items? Oh, my god! Oh, my God. Like, we talked in the last episode about like Harry losing the invisibility cloak, but now Lupin has forgotten to close the map, which is it's like, just... A, I feel like maybe a correction because I don't buy it, but also like, come on, everyone. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's like leaving they, a tab like, open learned. that you don't want anyone to see and you just left it open right. on like your family computer. Like, you don't do that shit. You close that tab. Yeah, <laughs> and they never learn because this is at least the second time Harry's left the invisibility cloak somewhere, just lying around. And like, and he, then he loses his wand like maybe Four a times. couple months later, <laughs> like gets it took yeah. out of his back pocket. So he's just like they don't ever learn to keep it. Maybe they just take magic for granted. Maybe that's what it is. They're like, it's fine. Not Lupin though. Not he the map. Like, the also, map is so specific. I mean, but, like, for Harry and the cloak, like he 
to me, it's always, it's that has always been weird, but I've just been like, Harry ain't shit. That's like, been the only explanation <laughs> I have for it. Because like, Dumbledore says like, here is this thing that was so valuable. Your dad let me borrow it and study it and I'm giving it to you. And it's his, literally his only possession that he knows for a fact came from his father. Yeah. And from jump, he treats it like trash. So that's just, that's where I'm like, Harry ain't shit. I don't know. You can't teach that. That's, that's innate. <laughs> but like, Lupin... And the map, like, it's his last thing that he has, like, from his friends, like, yeah. his only friends. And it's, like, a complex bit of magic that they did that you would be so proud of. And Lupin being who Lupin is, it doesn't make sense. And he sense. also, like, went out of his way to get it from Snape, too. Yeah. Like, and make sure Snape yeah. didn't keep it, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I he didn't even, like, and, like, even if we're gonna keep it open, like, lock the door to your office. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that... I mean, Aloha I feel like it's, like... <laughs> you know how we like compulsively it's like if you've been texting with someone and then you're gonna like shit talk them to someone who's in the room with you you like compulsively check that your phone is locked while you're Uh doing it like Lupin lived with this map like interacting with it on a daily basis for so many years there's no way that it didn't just become a habit for him to like every once in a while just close the map even if he was pretty sure it was already closed right yeah I mean it (laughs) the thought I had is hilarious you know but um it i but my only like thought is maybe that he was just too frazzled but now it's like making me think of uh, an episode of insecure where molly like texts isa yeah when she was meant to text, text somebody Andrew. like she texts isa about isa when she meant to text her boyfriend about her talking mess for no reason so that how makes me think of that <laughs> also like but what a nightmare i can actually kind of buy <laughs> so, that as being the case for lupin because also he sees his lover on that map. Like he sees, he says, I saw Peter and I had to come. But no, he saw his booth egg and he was like, Woo! Oh, snap. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta blast. <laughs> and you know what? Because I love them, be that way. I'm here for it. Okay, I have one more, which is about this professor overpowered by students with limited knowledge of magic. I just feel like oh, I have that. And he education. doesn't even I mean, yes, but also I just I just like needed a moment to like laugh at Snape because <laughs> just how like these kids just learned Expelliarmus like yesterday and you just like I mean, I mean, I guess maybe it's one of those And Snape taught them that spell too. And he taught the spell and he's a terrible teacher, so I just don't Maybe that's why he thought they wouldn't know it. Maybe that's why he's like, I didn't they didn't they didn't pick it up because I, I I'm I'm incompetent at teaching, so they probably didn't get it. Maybe that's what it was. So I could I could buy that, but Do you, you think that Snape acknowledges his terrible teaching? No. I don't know. But mm. if either way, I just felt like he should be a little bit more uh Competent. constantly vigilant. Yeah. And or at least like keep your wand up. Like you know Harry doesn't like you, so whether or not he's gonna believe you doesn't and mean you've he's insulted not gonna them, right. like eight ways to Sunday. Doesn't mean he's gonna just like leave it and not take the opportunity. Nobody else is here. Right. <laughs> like I don't and I would personally take that to my like I wouldn't tell anyone that if I got cursed by a bunch of 13 year olds that I, I was supposed to, to be in charge of. Right. Like, yeah these kids it. know like eight spells between them like this is embarrassing <laughs> yeah like I would never so I would just instead like stay woke you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> just... he's he's just an embarrassment of a human being so true yep Jesse what do you have um I don't know if it should be another section but I think we should chat about the amount of bondage spells everyone seems to know (laughs) we have we have ropes that bound your wrists your ankles and your mouth we have invisible ropes we have manacles i'm like we we never learned these spells in the course i'm like who what what so there's no surprise to anyone that Lupin. Knows oh yeah, those no, spells. not. But like Snape knowing the spells, I was like, "What is Snape, what is Snape doing, doing with these spells?" Yeah, it's like, oh no. According to another fic that I read, which might also be the same fic, Lupin frequents a sex club called the Chamber of Secrets. So, oh my god, hot. <laughs> not surprised at all that he knows these spells. Um, yeah, there is a also to, again. I understand they're like stuck in the in medieval times or whatever, but like 
wouldn't you see some technology and then be like, I can modify some magic to help with that? Like ropes? There has to be, I'm thinking like, wouldn't you put him in like the, like, um, dances with wolves, like bound on a stretcher with the face thing? Or like more to the point, use the body bind curse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like way harder to get out. yeah right. like Sirius just unties Lupin there isn't even some there's not even like they're just right it's just it's just conjuring and then like oh do some fancy wand work and now these ropes are but if anyone has spent you. a year as a boy scout or girl scout they could easily like get out of those ties <laughs> I have it so I mean that's where I'm messed up but it feels like there isn't it's nothing more than like a sailor's knot yeah it just makes me laugh how often and frequently we get it in this chapter. I'm just like, <laughs> it's it's really good. Um, that's also that's also my my next thing, which is we just more like Daddy Daddy Lupin that we have here. Um, the the moment where like Sirius looks to him for permission, where he's like, "Should we kill him together?" Like, Uh-oh. and Lupin's like quietly i i think so i'm like y'all you guys are just like ma- making me sweat you need to calm down. <laughs> they do it twice they do it twice this chapter by the way i know yeah and then also when lupin's like to peter he's like you should have realized that if voldemort didn't kill you we would and i'm like <laughs> Why are you? Why is you threatening to murder someone, making me so hot right now? Uh, yeah. Oh man, it's so great. We just Lupin is just so great in this in these these fields of chapters. Truly the best. Yep. He deserves everything. (laughs) And by everything, you mean Sirius Black, right? Yes. (laughs) All right. Just wanted to. You know, clarify. Included, but not limited to. Serious <laughs> black. Um, I wanna, I wanna pivot a bit to the to the kids, the kids here. Um, I I wanna bring up first that I feel like the minute that Snape yelled at Hermione, she was just in her brain, like taking her earrings off. Like, oh no, we're not. This is not a thing that you can do. And because her and Ryan were ready with that Expelliarmus. They were like, oh, we're taking this motherfucker mm-hmm. out. Like, immediately. She's like, I don't know if you know that I hit Malfoy recently, <laughs> Professor Snape, but... <laughs> yeah, Hermione is definitely, like, she's at the end of her... She's no longer taking any more shit. Like, that's that's over with. That's I do that. love, though, that, like, once they do Expelliarmus him, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But you could, like, I could tell, because it's rage that gets her to be like, F this dude, Expelliarmus. Yeah. And then after he yeah. gets what he got, then she's like, then the, the, Oops, the done that. fog lifts. And she's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I should have done that. She's probably just like, oh, we're going to take his wand and he's going to chill out and not like, oh, my God, is he still breathing? <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's bleeding. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I'm like, uh, he has a concussion now. This isn't queer. McGonagall's definitely gonna expel us now. <laughs> right. Like, this is, we went too far. Uh, if I had known that y'all were gonna do it, then I might have chilled. But because I didn't know, you see, um, I mean. I mean, Hermione's used to having this shit herself. So she was like, right. I need exactly. to be ready. <laughs> Harry's yelling at Snape. I don't think he's going to do shit yet. Ron is mangled and bleeding. I got to take care of this. Yeah, she's really incredible in this chapter. Um, also, just her like constant being like, she's like, I really want to believe you guys, but I have these very important questions. And like, just her self-possession in those moments where she's like thinking it through as it's happening just so on top of it and then thinking ahead being like wait but where are the flaws in your logic like i need the answers to all of these questions before i can believe you i just find just so fucking impressive i'm so impressed with hermione i mean always but like in in this series of chapters she's just really doing it really well i mean i feel like it's kind of great because i feel like I feel like one of the upsides to my ADHD is I'm really good in a crisis because it's like you're processing and then you're like problem solving and you're like putting the things together. And I feel that's what Hermione is doing where she's just like putting everything she's already learned and everything she's already heard in the past, like how the fuck long this has been two hours. I don't know. (laughs) And being like, 
commenting all the things and like having her like you know mental spreadsheet and she's like okay yes but this this and this and lip is just like yeah i'll tell you you're you're mm-hmm. right and i'm like this is such a nice now i'm seeing the like the meme with the like trigonometry and stuff like, <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly yeah. it's like how did this all how does the math check out here yeah mm-hmm. i love yep. hermione oh she's so good in this chapter all right, Jesse. So in the right before we we, we get the we finally Peter is revealed. Ron is like trying to have the last little bit of like, okay, but are you sure my pet rat is a person? And Lupin is like, this rat is eleven is like twelve years old, right? It's kind of lo- long lived for a rat. And he's like, we take really good care of the scabbers. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately like. Percy had like eight books about pet rats and was totally like would tell Ron about like the best way to like take care of scabbers and is like at the table at the burrow like feeding scabbers like vegetables and stuff and I just had a moment where it made me deeply sad because <laughs> I'm like that is exactly like they probably did take really good care of scabbers they're like but can we also That's... how messed up I had this in um editorials but this is is a quick one how messed up is jk rowling's brain because she was like yeah let's just have these children take care of this man (laughs) and have him sleep in the bed and think (laughs) that's cool why did he not just go live life as a rat because i think he was trying to keep staying the no he could he's a rat he could like check in and he could live in the walls that's true (laughs) oh no Yikes. Yeah, no, it's super fucked up. Yeah, he could have lived in the walls of any, of like the fucking ministry or any place. And it's like a leaky cauldron even. Right. Eating pie crust and drinking beer and hanging out in the walls with the other rats that live in all over the world because rats are everywhere. It is very, it's very unsettling. That's true. That's very true. Per the Ron thing though, I want to say, I think that Ron's relationship with Scabbers is how I learn to like have any sort of like liking or empathy for Ron as a character. Mm-hmm. Like it took up until the end of this book where we just see him being so tender about his relationship with his fucking pet and I'm like, "Oh, I I do like you a little bit." <laughs> I understand why your Patronus is a dog. Like loyalty really yeah. is your whole deal and this is adorable and I feel sad for you. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, once they do, it does come out that it is Peter. Like, once it's proven, he's, like, totally yeah. over it. He's so, he's so mad. He feels so betrayed. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's probably in his mind replaying every, so many moments he's had with Scabbers, where he's like, Right. We had a good time. We bonded. Yeah, but more to the point, Ron is like, how many times have I jerked off with that rat? Oh, no. <laughs> like, that is what... He's thinking about. Oh, yeah, no. like, it's, it's a rat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like this great Tumblr post that's like because the twins had um, the math that they just like saw every night Ron sleeping with a dude named Peter, and they're like, I mean, if you like it, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I'll wait for you to come tell me. Which is, I guess, that would also be like a, a consistency thing because like that map has been around and like the Weasley twins have had it. So like Peter was with Percy. He was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I don't think, then, then I, then there's a problem. They got to speak up. Yeah. It can't be like, you you sleep with Percy, now you sleep with Right. That's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem, Peter. Hate it. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's like, that's like a, that's like a huge correction because it's such an oversight where it's like, obviously the twins would have seen that and been like the fuck. Yeah. All right, all right. So uh, we're gonna turn to a brand, not brand new, a section that we don't do very often. Welcome to the human interest section, where we talk about like character profile stuff, because everyone's got big feelings about Sirius Black. <sighs> <laughs> Can I just go in or do I wait? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. How do I do No, that's for, that's for how you. Do I, how do we start. do this? This is your section. <laughs> this is your moment. He's a precious bean. He deserves all things. And like, 
she didn't have to make his life that hard. Like, I, I think that, like, a part of, like, the, his trials and tribulations are, like, great, but there's just so many trials. And I think that, like, I just recently went over this. Like, I hate the idea that people give Snape a lot of grace and, like, oh, but he was bullied, but she wasn't, and that's a different thing. Um, and he, like, was a, you know, he lived life as a spy, and there's, like, a lot of pressure there, which, yes, um, but they don't give the same kind of grace to Sirius who went his whole life in, I don't know how like abused or neglected he was at like with the blacks in Grimmauld Place, um, but at least from the time he got sorted into Gryffindor, ostracized by his family, not really feeling accepted for his differences or like thought that his, or even that his differences were something to be acceptable. They were just, you know, shame, blight of my flesh. Or what did she say? Shame of my flesh. Shame of my flesh. Finds happiness and a sound family and has them for legit smoke like no time like he has and like we get this a lot with Remus too but he goes to prison his best friend dies and he goes to prison he's 21 years old what the hell he gets out mm -hmm. of prison he's still stunted at 21 he's had like he has no emotional development right because he's been sitting there for 12 years with Dementor sucking every piece of happiness that he has not like, giving him like the brain space to emotionally deal with his trauma or to even come to terms with all of the emotions that he has he gets out because he sees he's fine he's just like i deserve this it was my fault i shouldn't have made peter the secret keeper i'm innocent technically but i deserve what i get he gets out he leaves solely on the face of Peter is with Harry and will cause him harm. Like he is, mm -hmm. he is 21 years old. The only people that he has ever loved and have ever truly accepted him have been murdered. And then he has spent the next 12 years with all of his energy and emotions being sucked out. And he leaves that behind because the only other tie to the people he loves is in danger. How do we not fight for this man with every fiber of our beings? He's the best character. He's the best. The love is so pure. <laughs> I mean, are there people out there who really just don't, wouldn't like die for a serious black? Because like I'm like there very are, serious. and they're in our they're community, and they know relax. who they are. <laughs> Apparently, there are. <laughs> but I love that serious. There are a lot of people who see the whole. Sirius I mean, is so this great. is a movie thing. This is a movie thing where he says like "good one, James," and oh, there's yeah. a lot of people that like criticize him for not being able to like accept Harry for who Harry is and who and who think that he should have been a better father figure to Harry. Meanwhile, the dude went to prison at 21. He had a father figure for anyone because he is traumatized. But he leaves with love. And I think that that's beautiful. And I yeah, so there are, I've seen a lot of like commentary. And like most of the people are positive about Sirius, but they try to talk about his character as if he's just some regular 30, what is he supposed to be, 35? Something, 30, like something like that. Like who has not gone through everything that he has been through that he should just he should have just when he took over or when he took his place in harry's life he should have done so measured and thinking about harry's best interest all the time and not not encouraging harry to be reckless and like it's just unrealistic to me in general but we also just don't think about like all of the things in which all of the ways in which harry is his second chance and like he he's not equipped to be anyone's father figure but he also didn't that's not his kid that's not his kid right but like he is trying his best to be the cool uncle that he thought he was going to be when he was 21 and his family's best friend said oh we're having a baby mm -hmm. he bought harry mm -hmm. his first broom like if everything had gone to plan Sirius would have been the dude that came over like got harry chocolate wasted loaded him <laughs> up on like snacks and like fun stuff and then dropped him off exhausted with a sugar high to his parents like that's your problem like he was gonna be that guy anyway yeah so now yeah. he's just that guy with ptsd and no one to rein him in i mean i think that Sirius actually does a pretty good job i feel like book five Sirius, which i feel like i can see where people have criticism of but i feel like at least for me the ways in which Sirius is like re-traumatized in book five like living in his shitty family's house full of dark magic confined like he has been for the past like fucking 12 years it's like he's not in a good headspace for that entire no. year and it's just like why like let him fucking live at lupin's so they can just like live in their cute little cottage and have their cottage core life they've been wanting anyway like what the fuck like he doesn't have to fucking be at grimmel pace this entire fucking year 
So, right. yeah. And I think part of it is for me is that like, so book three is really the book where I'm like, oh, I'm deep in this series now. And I think part of it is this whole thing with Sirius. Cause like, you know, you're at this point, you're like, this dude is a fucking murderer. He's been trying to fucking murder Harry. And then it's like, you're innocent. And you're like, I only came out because I didn't want Harry to get murdered by the true spy in our group. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, as a black person a like you know you've been in jail for 12 years and you're innocent kind of narrative is automatically just like you're like i'm like like give Sirius every one of his fucking desires because he fucking deserves it like are you fucking kidding me absolutely he's been in this fucking nightmare trial either like no no. they just just threw him they just threw him in prison and i think the other thing and the uh, this is my favorite book of the series, but the ways in which he tries to be there for Harry without having any of the equipment, like he's just like ill prepared all the way around. Like he should not have even been put in the in this situation, and he is he is still trying to be there. Like you know, spoiler alert: things don't go well for Sirius after the end of this chapter. <laughs> they continue to not go well for him. He's on the run. He says that, like, the fact that Harry knows he's innocent is all that matters. But that's not all that matters because he's still, like, living this, like, sheltered life. And, you know, like we said, he could have just gone to America or France and, like, started over. But he was determined to still be there for Harry. Like, once he got into Harry's life, he wasn't just going to disappear. And, like, could you blame Sirius if he just disappeared? Like, oh, well, I tried. I, I saved you from the rat. He's gone. Um, my name's not cleared. I'm not going back to that hellhole. Catch you on the flip side. Write me letters. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that, like, there's so much heart in everything that he does. And he leads with emotions. And, like, yeah, he should think things through a little bit more. And, like, he shouldn't be so impulsive. But, like, in what world would you expect him to not be? And, yeah, he's the best. He He is the best. And I feel like to the fact that like we see very clearly how Sirius like leads with his feelings and his empathy and his heart and like you know is definitely a like oh well I feel like I need to do this thing so I'm fucking doing it but we also see in these chapters the way that kind of Lupin reigns him in with that like yes, like they're they're, like, it, it's, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a it's a balance like they are balanced yeah. where Lupin's like all right, I acknowledge that you're feeling this way but uh, we should I'm gonna think this through before you know and he's like all right. I, I trust you and I love you. So, of course, I'm going to listen to you before I go off on the thing I want to do. But just you, so you know what I'm feeling. Okay, great. And at the same Especially time, at this too, point, he's Sirius just thinking, does like, that to Remus, too. Like, he's like, he like without, with Sirius in Man, Remus doesn't live a life. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, is just kind of hopping back and forth. And, like, and you he know. has, like, self-destructive tendencies. He too. does have self-destructive tendencies, but he's also very repressed. And that, I think, leads to him doing mm-hmm. destructive-ass shit. Because, like, you try to be buttoned up and straight and narrow and become a professor, and that doesn't work out. And, like, I think that they do. Like, they help, they balance each other out in a really cool way. And, like, you do need someone to be like, hey, how about we stop and think about this? And And you need someone to be like, Fuck it, we'll do it live. You need both of those things sometimes, and that's why they're soulmates. Yeah, and I mean, if like there had been a way for Sirius and Remus to both parent Harry, I think that balance would have worked out. You know, because Harry, despite having all this trauma, he just wants an adult who he knows he can trust and loves him and is able to take care of themselves because Harry has a savings that people you know instinct that Mm -hmm. he does for a lot of people but it's like he just needs some adults where he knows that he doesn't he can like tone that instinct down and like trust them and as much as he loves Sirius because he is still uh wanted by the law for like the rest of the series he still even has himself as like, oh, well, I want to contact Sirius. I want to, you know, I want to trust him in this, but I'm also afraid he's going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to take care of it right now, even though this is going to endanger me. He's like, I need you to not do that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's all very tragic in a way that I just, is so painful. <laughs> it's just. It's, it's, it's awful. I know there's like a ton of fanfics out there where Harry does get to live with uh, Sirius and Lupin. 
but there is one on Instagram that's like a non-magical AU that's told entirely through text messages where Harry gets adopted by them like (gasps) as a teenager and it is so good and like so compelling I'm gonna put it in the show notes it's incredible it's just oh it's so nice it's so good everyone needs to read it um I like it a lot and it's just like it's just really tender and McGonagall's like his sort of like third party adoptive mom and everyone's always calling him darling and like telling him how much they love him and I'm just like this is so nice there is a fic called the dog father um the dog father and it started on tumblr but you can get it on AO3 because it's finished now and Harry is adopted and then Sirius just comes to live with them and then cuteness ensues and I've always like loved the idea of Sirius not being an ask man or getting out and then just being able to be there for Harry like even as like you know Harry just shows up with the Dursleys one day and is like I have a dog now and you will not ask questions (laughs) he lives with us (laughs) he's my pet Um, and I think that like even that is like so sad the you know fix that I've read and how many things you have to change in the series for that to even be possible because like imagine what Sirius would be if he gets out of Azkaban and can rest and is given a hug and is just cuddled on Mm -hmm. Like, he's, he spends 12 years in Azkaban. Like, can we give him 12 hours of nothing but just being, like, hugged and held and, like, loved on? Maybe some maybe some properly administered cheering charms. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. You know? Yep. Yeah. Final thing about Furious, I will say. Him and Remus, hashtag dads, are, I think, I just, I love anything in which we get to see them together. And... Even in, like, just this small chapter, there's so many moments in which, like, I can, I wasn't a part of fandom when I was reading these. I was, like, a fandom of one when I first started reading the series. And I never, it wasn't until Wizard Team that I started reading fan fiction. But even then, I was just, like, they belong together. And I can't remember now if I ever, like, shipped them. But I definitely tugboated them, which is, like, a Wizard Team thing in which it's, like, it's a platonic love but you can totally see like they're them being soulmates. And I can't imagine like me being cut off from my best friend and also believing this like awful thing that's so out of character. You know what I mean? Like imagine like what Remus is, how, how does Remus ever put these things together? Like and reconcile that in his head. Like he is yeah. told because there's no trial. There's no evidence. It is just this rumor persists that Sirius Black was working for the Dark Lord all along and like sold out the Potters and then killed 12 people on the street. And he is like, I have known this person since I was 11. Yeah. Like, how does that make sense? And then like in this one chapter when they see each other again and it's like, you it's you can see Remus like trying to want to like maintain some like objectivity or some skepticism but like so eat so quickly he's just like nah you right I get it you stand right here the, the red is right here like no okay this makes more sense to me than anything else that I've been told for a decade yeah and like yeah. Ugh, I just uh I guess I had to I have to assume that a lot of it is that whole time period of Remus's life just being so painful that I kind of just imagine it's sort of like he just sort of just shoved that into a box in his brain and like didn't think about it and like there was still like that pain is still there but like I don't think he allowed himself to really even think through that because just imagining the pain of that would just it just is it would just be too much you know and one day he loses everyone yeah on top of just like the general shit he has to deal with living in this world as a werewolf you know the fact that he's still this good and kind is like amazing and not to do this, but, like, if we're going to play, like, Oppression Olympics, which we shouldn't, but, like, what the <laughs> fuck is Snape cr- crying about? Like, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. The girl you liked, who you didn't even really like because you never respect- respected her autonomy, didn't like you back. Meanwhile, like, my best friends were murdered by, I've been told, my other best friend. And, like, and I'm alone. And I'm a werewolf. You and where am I supposed to about, go? And you're crying about Lily? And like, not that you shouldn't be crying about Lily, but also you killed her. Right. 
I mean, also he shouldn't be crying about Lily. Uh, like, yeah, throw he, the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he was. He uh, shouldn't be. I'm, <laughs> see, like you can cry about Lily, but yeah. he can't cry about Lily. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Snape is one of those Reddit dudes who got radicalized on the internet, which is oh, absolutely not, not a good look. Not a good look for no. anyone. Because yeah, he just he's an incel. He he is an incel, and it's just like he just loses his entire grip on reality for like the first like five, however many pages of this chapter where it's like you're not even listening to what's happening because you're already constructed this n- narrative of how everything's going to go in your head and you've clearly been fantasizing about probably murdering Sirius for oh like gosh. for probably even before he got out of prison but like but especially once he did he was like oh imagine if I'm the one to catch him like like oh my gosh um, he has yeah. some serious Karen moments in here, and I have that later on in the notes. <laughs> there. Okay. But, like, I was reading it, when I was reading it this time for this episode, I was like, yo, it's fuck Snape on site. And I, and I feel like this chapter has always been, like, the line in the sand for me, where it's, like, the first two books and then the majority of this book, I'm like, yeah, he sucks, and he's a bad teacher, and he should not be allowed around children, and, like, all of these things. Yes, 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 yes. But we get to this chapter and I'm like, on site, motherfucker. Like, let's go. Like, you need to die. Or, not. Nah, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I don't know. Something needs to go. Like, you need to go. And whichever yeah. form you choose to go, you need to go. And it needs to be permanent. That's all I'm saying. I, so, what, hold on. Can we... Can we move maybe to editorials and just, like, keep on this, this Snape <laughs> rant it. in... Jesse, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. You sure? I'm trying to read your fish. No, sorry. I, I had one more thing about Sirius and Lupin, but... No, say it. Do oh, it. I just... I want to hear everything that you want to say. I just want to just shout out those, like, two sentences of, like, seemingly casual forgiveness between Sirius and Lupin, where it's like, sorry, I didn't tell you, and Lupin's like, yeah, it's, it's cool, and it's like... It is not, but I'm glad that you guys are like just had this moment. It just felt it just felt really good. I'm like, mm, you're so happy yeah. to be back together. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like just like having this having these banter and these totally loaded silent looks that Harry keeps misinterpreting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's never been one to like correct <laughs> any type of anything, but then especially like romantic situations. He only got her, uh, Hermione and Ron because, like, they're together all the time. But anyone else, like, he's not picking it up. We we actually ended up discussing, I don't remember who was the last time we recorded it, come after that, about how Harry says something about, like, years later, Harry Pye is talking about, like, Sirius and Remus. And he says something about, like, them, like, hugging, like, brothers or something ridiculous like that. And Hermione's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, they were in a relationship. And Harry's like, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about, Hermione? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't say, I you thought it was obvious. <laughs> were we not both in the Shrieking Shack together? I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> uh, Truly. Anyway, yeah, editorials. Yeah, let's do it. To be continued. Unfortunately, you are going to have to wait until next episode to hear our epic, epic editorials section. So, uh... Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. You can find Robin and Biana at blackgirlscreate.org or on Twitter at blkgirlscreate, on Instagram at blackgirlscreate, on patreon.com slash blackgirlscreate. Biana is on Twitter at Yana wrote it, and Robin can be found on Twitter at Robin underscore rambles, and that's Robin with a Y. You can find The Gaily Prophet all over the internet at The Gaily Prophet. That's our Instagram, our Twitter, our website, and our Patreon slash. Uh, You can also support us by heading on over to patreon.com slash The Gaily Prophet or by buying some merch or by leaving us a donation or for free by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Facebook or wherever else reviews are able to be left. Uh, those both make us very happy and also help other people decide to listen to the podcast. 
You can also and should also listen to our other podcast, Escape from Reality, that's spelled with a gay in the middle of the word escape, where we talk about Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which is a great book. And also the podcast is fantastic. So please do that. The Gaily Prophet is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray, and it is my 30-hour-a-week job. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Lark Malachi on Instagram. That's also how you spell my website. You can find Jesse on Instagram at Live from Detroit and on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. Uh, the music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. Our spoiler warning is by Sarah Sarwar. And until next time, Sirius Black is a precious bean.